the recent Trump indictment was time to distract you from a lot of other things going on at the same time. This episode is part two of the list of those things on the special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and Deep State and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often either afraid to talk about or too distracted to even know about. This is episode 369 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Monday, April 10th, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you like support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com. Click on the button that says Become a Patron, and we really appreciate all of our patrons. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And make sure you check out our new conservative sports podcast, Red Pill Sports, with my friend Donnie Copeland. It drops Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Central. Okay, I believe it's my duty to share with you some important stories that most Americans never heard about because the Trump indictment crowded out all the other things that were going on at the same time. Okay, let me share with you some of the other news items from which the Trump indictment distracted you. Did you know that the ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, raided a popular Georgia gun store called Adventure Outdoors recently? Three, do- three days before Governor Ron DeSantis was scheduled to appear there. U.S. Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Barry Loudermilk, both from Georgia, showed up and ATF agents scattered. Here's what Representative Greene said. She said, today the ATF showed up with 16 agents, most from out of state, from cities like L.A. and San Francisco, to, quote, inspect, unquote, Adventure Outdoors in Smyrna, Georgia. This visit was unprecedented. The sheer amount of agents from the bluest parts of the country is unusual and unnecessary to conduct a routine audit. This is a prime example of Joe Biden and the Democrats weaponizing federal agencies to silence and intimidate their political opponents. I fear this is just the beginning, and they're directly targeting our Second Amendment and our right to protect and defend our families. I'm proud to have joined my colleagues to do our job and conduct congressional oversight on this highly suspect so-called inspection. Had you heard about that? I mean, what are the odds? What are the odds? 
All right, let's go right over to the Epic Times, theepictimes.com. Roger L. Simon with an op-ed entitled, Where's the Manifesto? Actually has a picture of 28-year-old Audrey Hale in the Nashville Christian School shooting incident from March 27th, 2023. Here's a Roger says, Roger Simon in his op-ed at theepictimes.com. He says, my home city of Nashville has been in a virtual nonstop uproar since the tragic murders of six people, three of them nine-year-old children at the Covenant School on March 27th. This has been ineffably sad for the family and friends of the victims, who are victims themselves. Their grief often overwhelmed in a city, indeed a country, now so politicized that our common humanity seems some distant memory from a long-ago Jimmy Stewart movie, One Sees Only at Christmas. Lost, too, in all this is any sense of what really happened that Monday or why it happened. Distraction reigns. Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? But I digress. The last few days have been arguably the mother of all distractions, when, as reported here at the Epic Times and virtually everywhere, riots or protests, depending upon how you see them, broke out in front and within the Tennessee State Assembly. The rioters slash protesters were largely high school students bent on gun control, instigated at least in part by three members of the Assembly, two of whom have now been expelled for their behavior. Unfortunately for the local GOP and Republicans everywhere, the two expelled, deservedly or not, happened to be black, naturally providing a propaganda opportunity for our resident White House civil rights activist and ally of former Senator Robert Byrd, Democrat of West Virginia, who once informed us, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Oh, sounds like Dementia Joe. Meanwhile, the tragic murders are being used inevitably as a battering ram for gun control that has never been shown to work and for red flags law and for red flag laws that can work but not in the way intended. Which brings me to the missing manifesto. In the immediate aftermath of the murders, the police informed us the obviously emotionally disturbed shooter was transgendered something that was ratified by the video of the killings at the Christian school showing the female by birth, Audrey Hale, dressed entirely like a macho terrorist. Further, they told us she had left behind documents and a manifesto explaining her actions. Then, as if by magic, we heard no more of the word transgendered in any of its forms from the media or anywhere nor almost simultaneously anything of the manifesto except that it had been handed to the FBI for review. Oh, there's a great idea. Regarding the media, it isn't just CBS, widely known to have decreed the word transgender should be omitted in coverage of the crime, but almost all the mainstream media. NPR, recently labeled state-affiliated on Twitter, 
does not mention the word in its recent update on the crime, nor does it apply a pronoun of any sort, male, female, or they, when referring to the shooter. This must be a new form of asexual reporting. As for the FBI, no word so far on when they will release the manifesto in original or redacted form. Sound familiar? No doubt it does. How long have we been waiting for the FBI to act on the Hunter Biden laptop or even reveal its contents? Do we expect it ever to happen, especially under the current administration? Obviously not. And amidst the consternation over the expelling of the Tennessee Assembly members, to demand transparency or even to mention the manifesto will invoke a response that one is transphobic. But no one's transphobic, just interested in the truth a truth that has become evanescent for a reason. Why suddenly has transgenderism broken out everywhere as if sexual dysphoria were some new version of the measles? Cui bono? You know, it'd be a lot easier for Roger just to say who benefits from that instead of using the Italian and making us all look it up. Anyway, he continues. Certainly not the children many of whom are going through developmental issues that have occurred since time immemorial without medical intervention, yet somehow we're still here. Who's guiding them to find their salvation in changing sexes? Toward what end? Perhaps the manifesto has a clue, and that's why it's being hidden from us. Or maybe an abreaction is feared. Well, now there's a word I've never heard of before. So let's look it up. Abreaction the experiencing of emotions that you have tried to forget, usually when working with a psychotherapist. Roger, this better get better. You're plucking my last nerve, bro. Doing such a great job until you throw stuff like that in, you know? He says it's worth taking a look, if one hasn't, at the works of the Italian communist Antonio Gramsci. Now, him, him I've heard of who nearly 100 years ago argued for the long march through the institutions that was later adopted by the German activist Rudi Dutschke and others. Unhappy, the working class was largely ignoring Karl Marx's admonition to revolt. They chose a more elitist approach to imposing socialism and communism from the top down by taking over the media, entertainment, and education throughout the Western world. They have been quite successful in recent years, gaining the adherence of many politicians and government agencies in the process. The gender dysphoria epidemic is part of this elite desire for control, ultimately abolishing or diminishing the power of the family and empowering the state. We have been seeing the results here in Nashville where the secondary victims, after the tragic deaths of the three children and their mentors, are actually the many essentially brainwashed, high school youths who were bussed in to demonstrate. They have been miseducated by biased and incompetent teachers and led by careerists aping the style of Al Sharpton at his worst. Did they have any help? Was the FBI involved, agitating the crowds in front of the Tennessee State Assembly? As they did, it is now abundantly clear on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. Will the manifesto ever be seen in anything close to its original form, It's hard to be optimistic. Great op-ed there from Roger L. Simon, entitled, Where's the Manifesto? 
at the epic at the epictimes.com. Okay. Now I told you I'm going to be giving you stuff here that you probably haven't heard anywhere else. So next. Wall Street Journal exclusive. Google co-founder other billionaires are issued subpoenas and lawsuit over J.P. Morgan's ties to Jeffrey Epstein, who, who, by the way, did not kill himself. Let's check this out. The U.S. Virgin Islands issued subpoenas last week to Sergey Brin, Thomas Pritzker, Mortimer Zuckerman, and Michael Ovitz to gather information for its civil lawsuit against J.P. Morgan, Chase & Company, over the bank's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, according to people familiar with the matter. The subpoenas from the U.S. Territory's Attorney General seek any communications and documents related to the bank and Epstein, according to the people there. That spoke on condition of anonymity. The four men are some of the wealthiest people in the U.S., and it couldn't be determined why they were being asked for the communications and documents. In civil cases, lawyers can use subpoenas during the discovery process to get information for people who aren't a party to a lawsuit but could provide evidence related to the case. The U.S. Virgin Islands sued J.P. Morgan late last year in a Manhattan federal court saying the bank facilitated Jeffrey Epstein's alleged sex trafficking and abuse by allowing the late financier to remain a client and helping him send money to his victims. The civil lawsuit alleges that J.P. Morgan received referrals of high-value business opportunities from Epstein and turned a blind eye to his activities. The bank has said it didn't know about Epstein's alleged crimes and can't be held liable. Wait a minute. Even after he did, even after he did time for them, is is that what he's saying here? Didn't know. Even after he did time for them, come on, man. Okay, now wait a minute. I seem to recall just a few months ago that the Attorney General for the U.S. Virgin Islands was fired while Joe Biden Joe Biden was in the area. Remember that? Did they ring any bells? Yeah. Denise George Counts removed from her post on January 1st, 2023, by Governor Albert Bryan, the governor's office said media reports which linked her sacking to her suit against J.P. Morgan were not entirely accurate. Oh, see, because she sued. J.P. Morgan Chase, December 27th, 2022. Then Biden goes down there, and by January 1st, she's fired. Huh. I wonder if Wall Street Journal is going to mention that. Because I remember thinking at the time, something is not right here. 
Something funky going on here. Let's see if WSJ says anything about that. Okay. um, Here's what they do say. Sergey Brin is a co-founder of Google and a board member of Parent Alphabet Incorporated. Mr. Pritzker is executive chairman of Hyatt Hotels Corporation. Mr. Zuckerman is a real estate billionaire and owner of U.S. News & World Report. And, of course, Michael Ovitz is a venture capitalist and former talent agent for Hollywood stars. All right? The four men couldn't immediately be reached for comment. A spokeswoman for U.S. News & World Report declined to comment. Spokespeople for Google and Hyatt didn't respond to requests for comment. Jamie Dimon, J.P. Morgan's chairman and chief executive, is expected to be questioned as part of the case after the two sides reached an agreement for him to be deposed. That's at least what the Wall Street Journal said they reported earlier the same week. Jeffrey Epstein, who had a residence in the U.S. Virgin Islands, banked with J.P. Morgan for a number of years until it cut ties with a convicted sex offender in 2013. Epstein died in jail in 2019 while awaiting trial on federal sex trafficking charges. Yeah, but he didn't kill himself, though. Just just thought I'd throw that in there. Lawyers have questioned several J.P. Morgan employees so far in this case and another filed by an unnamed woman who accused Jeffrey Epstein of sexual abuse. The cases are running together in Manhattan Federal Court. J.P. Morgan has sought to have the lawsuits dismissed. The bank has denied that it aided Epstein and has sought to blame any relationship on former executive Jess Staley, whom the bank itself has sued. Mr. Staley has maintained he was friendly with Epstein, but never knew about his alleged crimes. Now, how could that possibly be? It links to an article entitled Jeffrey Epstein Burrowed into the Lives of the Rich and Made a Fortune from July 25th, 2019. But this Jamie Dimon now, he's, uh, yeah, this J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, he's, he's in the news for something entirely unrelated. Let me see if I can grab that real quickly. Because that would be one of those other stories that you have not heard about yet, but you need to, because you're not going to believe this. J.P. Morgan Chief says government should seize property to build wind and solar farms. Can you believe this? It's been all over the print media online, but you may not have heard about this. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company CEO claimed that governments may need to seize private property for the creation of more green and conventional energy production sites, according to a letter to shareholders published last week. J.P. Morgan CEO and former head of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, Jamie Dimon, wrote an extensive letter to shareholders of America's largest bank accompanying the bank's annual report for 2022. Diamond claimed there's a need for affordable energy immediately 
and a need for decarbonization for tomorrow, meaning moving away from fossil fuels such as oil and gas. In the same paragraph, he mentioned the war in Ukraine and, of course, the old standby, climate change. What a maroon. Diamond wrote, we may even need to evoke eminent domain. We simply are not getting the adequate investments fast enough for grid, solar, wind, and pipeline initiatives. Eminent domain, of course, refers to a government seizing private land or property and converting it for public use while compensating the owner. Oh, but usually not compensating them much, right? But I digress. Jamie Dimon continued mentioning the Inflation Reduction Act and other U.S. laws that, quote, hold the potential to unlock over $1 trillion in clean technology developments, unquote, and that they need to be implemented effectively. There is no effective implementation of a fantasy, which is what the Green New Deal is. But Jamie Dimon doesn't care. So he's a bad guy. You need to do whatever you can to, um, you know, legally protect yourself, your home, your family from a bad guy like uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, CEO Jamie Dimon. Well, no, I'm not even alive, fam. That's jacked up. That is jacked all the way up. Now, what if I told you that somebody came up with a video that you've never heard about, one of the most famous Christian figures in evangelical religious TV, let's put it that way, one of the most famous Christian figures in religious TV, has come out in favor of transgenderism. The guy who's been on Christian TV for a long time saying, well, you know, sometime a man's born in a woman's body and vice versa. What if I... No, that's coming up. Oh, talk about a story you've missed. That's coming right up. But first, if you try to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you. No matter where you are, Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com, pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online. If you have any questions, one of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer, that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the Cottonale, USA, RedRiverAuto.com, you will be glad you did. All right, now I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. You having problems with sinuses and allergies? 
Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines even? The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you even if you don't live in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life. Had bad migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, never came back. The migraines went away, never came back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines even, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation it's 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the tab that says Find a Doctor Near You, and I sure hope you can. As you probably know by now, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their life. And he's done it again. Introducing My Pillow 2.0. MyPillow 2.0 has a brand new temperature regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. MyPillow 2.0's new fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a cooler surface temperature. This new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature through the night by creating a lower surface temperature for a more restful night's sleep. You know, your core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. MyPillow 2.0 was developed to provide a cool surface. It's engineered for comfort. MyPillow 2.0 is available in four loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and there's a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. As a special introductory offer for my listeners, when you buy your new MyPillow 2.0, you get a second one free just by using promo code DWS. Mike also created the best bed sheets ever. They look great. They feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dreams sheets. Now, Mike is offering the best deal on his Giza Dreams sheets. Buy a set of them. Get one free. The first night you sleep on these sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. Buy a set of Giza Dreams sheets. And get one free just by using promo code DWS. MyPillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, like plush, waffle, or gossamer. Get huge discounts on blankets, duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. Use the promo code DWS. And you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding, including MyPillow 2.0 and Giza Dreams sheets. Buy one, get one free. I'm wearing my new My Slippers moccasins. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. Right now, save on My Slippers, slip-ons, and moccasins. Closeout sale price is just $25 by using promo code 
DWS. Not only that, Mike is having the biggest closeout sale ever on his sandals for just nineteen ninety eight. What makes my slippers different is Mike's exclusive four layer design you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. Just use promo code DWS. Now remember, that does not stand for washed-up Democrat politician Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, no. It stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com. Quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. All right, now somebody came up recently with a video clip from 10 years ago, 2013, in which Pat Robertson basically says, hey, maybe God made a mistake. Yeah, could happen. Yeah, maybe God made a mistake. Pat Robertson, 700 Club, CBN, sitting there saying, well, you know, you might might have a man in a woman's body. You you might have a woman in a man's body. Now, I thought this was the kind of guy that would say, hey, you got to believe the Bible. That's what I thought. But every once in a while, see, I I think what's going on, does, does Pat have a board of directors? Sure he does. But do they give any kind of oversight? Do you have the power to overrule him, to rebuke him when he says crazy stuff on TV? Because this is not the first time that he has been just totally unscriptural. See, I'm old enough to remember when Pat got a question about, well, say you're elderly and uh, and your wife is in some kind of home because she's you know got dementia or whatever. Um, then can you you know see somebody else? And he's like, well, yeah, as long as you take care of her, because companionship's important. As long as you make sure she's taken care of, you're good to go. I'm thinking, well, now that sounds real close to adultery to me. But you know, well, what do I know? I'm I, I'm just a guy. I you know I'm I'm not. I don't have a. Uh, a long-running Christian talk show that's almost as old as I am. So um, maybe Pat's looking at a different kind of Bible than I am. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you, you're like, well, Pat, where, where, where'd you get that? Oh, it's in the book of Second Heathen. Oh, I see. But, but I digress. Let's let's go ahead and play. This is the back and forth. They're answering um, letters from listeners. And Terry Meusen, I guess that's how you say her name, she's been the co-host of this show for, like, long time. I mean, she was Miss America in 1973. So that gives you an idea of how far back uh, she goes. And Pat, he's got to be over 90, right? Let's see. Pat Robertson. Oh, yeah. 
Pats, 93. So, but he started saying pretty weird stuff. So he would have been, um, when this came out, he would have been 83. He's been saying pretty weird stuff for a long time. His co-host, Terry Mewson, is, um, oh, she's a youngin' compared to Pat. She's only 74. But he's going to tell you, and sometimes a men are in a woman's body or uh, women are in a man's body, and uh, and she's just nodding her head yes and going, uh-huh. As if there's nothing weird about claiming to be a Christian and saying such outrageous heretical stuff. I wonder. I mean... Are they the only people on Christian television saying something like this? Anyway, it's about a minute and 24 seconds long. Here we go. This is David who says, I work with two people who have decided that they are females. I know what the Bible says about homosexuality, but is it wrong to refer to them as females since they've had their gender status changed in the eyes of the law? Uh, Why would you have to refer to them as females? uh, I don't understand all that, but... um... Okay, wait. If you don't understand all that, then you shouldn't say anything else, right, Pat? If you don't understand all that, then you never should have let her ask you the question in the first place. But you're going to go ahead and pretend like you understand anyway, aren't you? That's right. Here he goes. I think there are uh, men who are in a woman's body. You hear that? I wonder if you can hear her going, "Uh uh-huh, because you can't hear her nodding your head. Let's see. It's very. Yeah, right there. Right there. Let me, let me, let me, let me, hang on. Let me isolate it. Let me isolate it. Let's just grab this little deal here. Oh, that's not enough of it. Nope, that's not enough. Hang on. Okay, let's see. Now I think we'll get it. Because she's agreeing, right? I mean, she's not in any kind of position to disagree with Pat Robertson, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, again... What is she agreeing to? Uh, men who are in a woman's body. He believes they're men who are in a woman's body. See, I believe the Bible. It said he made them male and female. It didn't say anything about he made any mistakes. Oops. Oops. I actually accidentally put a girl in a boy's body. Accidentally put a boy in a girl's body. Nope. That's heresy, Pat, but that's that's okay. You're 93. You've been getting away with this stuff for years. It's very rare, but it's true. Or women that are in men's bodies. It's true. No, Pat, the Bible is true. And you're contradicting it. And uh, they, they, 
that they want a, a sex change, and that is a very permanent thing. Believe me, when you have certain body parts uh, amputated uh, and you have shot up with various kinds of hormones, uh, it's a it's a radical procedure. Uh, I, I don't think there's any sin associated with that. I, I of course not, because you believe God makes mistakes. Don't condemn somebody for doing that. But somebody who just says, well, I'm really a woman, I, I question. Uh-uh. You just said that it's true. What, what are you questioning, Pat? The validity of that statement. But they say they're, they're counted as female. You, you don't count somebody as female unless they really are, or male unless they really are. In this instance. But you just said. A girl in a boy's body or a boy in a girl's body. So this is a person who works with two people. So he doesn't really know their intentions no. or know their personal no. medical scenario. It's not for you to decide or to judge. Their medical scenario. The medical scenario. What are you talking about? This is a spiritual problem. See, I thought that was the kind of stuff that uh, 700 Club dealt with, with spiritual problems. But No. No, I was wrong, because Pat says it's not a spiritual problem, and you got no business telling these people they're wrong. Did you have any idea that that's the kind of guy Pat Robertson is? That's nuts. That's crazy talk. But um, it's out there, courtesy of somebody finding it in light of all this transgender foolishness that's that's in the news and putting it out on, on Twitter. That's insane. That's my opinion. And you're entitled to it. So, I've got so much more. See, they're they're making these mentally ill people to be some kind of heroes now. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. They're, well, okay, here's Terry Moran on ABC implying that what's been going on politically in Tennessee might have pushed the mass murderer over the edge. That is Police Chief John Drake of Nashville, who is briefing reporters on the deadly grade school shooting in Nashville at the Covenant School there this morning. Uh, The police confirming uh, six dead, three children, one eight years old, two nine years old, and uh, three adults, including Catherine Kuntz, who is the head of the Covenant School. Uh, The police chief uh, also said uh, that the shooter has been identified as 28-year-old female Audrey Hale, said she's a former student of the school, and confirmed that Audrey Hale was a, identified herself as a transgender person. Uh, it, state of Tennessee earlier this month passed, and the governor signed a bill that banned 
transgender medical care for minors, as well as uh, a law that prohibited adult entertainment, including male and female impersonators after a series of drag show controversies in that state. First of all, there's no such thing as transgender medical care. We're talking about mutilating kids. Second of all, only outlawed drag queen shows around kids. Not entirely. So, But Terry Moran gets paid by ABC News, and they like to lie a lot, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So that's what you... Look, let me just say something to you that a lot of people have been saying on social media recently. No matter how much you hate the mainstream media, it is not nearly enough. No. They do this kind of stuff on purpose, don't they? Now... The great, the great Winsome Sears, Lieutenant Governor of the great state of Virginia, the Old Dominion, was on whatever show that is that um, Bill Maher does on HBO recently. And there's some knucklehead I've never heard of, just a guy who was complaining that people were dead-naming the mass murderer. Now, do you know what dead-naming means? That means when you're a guy who decides you're a girl or a girl who decides you're a guy, and they use your old name. So, in other words, um, if I keep calling Bruce Jenner Bruce Jenner and saying he... Instead of, oh, oh, pretending he's turned into a woman and calling him Caitlin, then I'm dead naming Jenner using his given name rather than, you know, his appropriating from women. Speaking of which, if if I may, we all agree that uh, racism, like blackface, is wrong, right? Well, these uh, these transgender types, they're, they're doing the same thing to women that the racists did to black folks. You know, it's, it's misogyny. It's patriarchy. They hate women, obviously. But everybody's pretending like, oh, that's okay. That's, that's politically correct. Blackface is politically incorrect. But, you know, if you want to be Dylan Mulvaney and make millions from uh, Nike and Bud Light and whoever, then that's that's fine. That's fine. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's jacked up. It's not fine. It's wrong. And it is misogyny. So Winsome Sears put this uh, this young liberal guy in his place, the, the liberal guy who was upset that people were dead naming this serial killer. And she wasn't she wasn't having any of it, you know? And I don't blame her. And and she even kind of put Bill Maher in his place too. So um anyway, let me uh, let me go ahead and roll it and, and see what you think.
They are misgendering and dead naming the murderer. Right? They are referring to the murderer by their given name, not their chosen name. Uh you sound like you got issues, bro. Right. And by their um, referring to her as a woman, as opposed to what her identity apparently was, was a man. But she was a woman. Right. Which is not the way the media usually does these things. They're usually very particular about the subjective sense of gender identity in respecting that. If someone says they're a man, then they're a man. But in this case, they're not doing that. H- hang on. You know what? This person murdered six people. I don't really care who you say you're, you are. You murdered six people and three of them were children. You don't get a say. Well, she's dead now, so... You know, but you don't get a say in telling us who you are and what you're about. You killed six people. Okay, but That's what let's really take matters. her out of this and just... All right, so here's what I'm saying. Talk about the issue without the... So murder. the issue then... Well, no, because you brought it up, so you know what okay. to talk about. So, so now we're on to something else. But here's the thing. I'm a parent. I'm a parent all day. I get to decide what happens in my child's life. Not you, not the government, not anybody. I don't co-parent. I had this child. I'm responsible for this child. Anything happens to little Johnny, you're calling me, right? As you should. Right. So what I'm saying, hang on. So what I'm saying now is... If I don't want my child giving lap dances at school by a drag queen, I don't want it done. Right. That's happening. But do you if think the state should want, have the right? Do you think the state should have the right to I'm interfere? I'm talking about and, as a parent. Well, I am a parent. I mean, Forget the state. I'm a parent. Lap right? dance. This is my child. I'm not I will sure. make a decision I'm about what sure. happens with my child. I'm not sure lap dancing. <laughs> It's happening. Don't you see? No, there's drag queen story. There are definitely drag queens reading to children. There are drag queens that are doing pole dances. There are drag queens that are... In school? Are, you, you... What? Bill, you got to read more. Uh, <laughs> I guess I do. She put Bill Maher in his place. See, that's one of the things frustrating, is people hosting shows to make a lot of money but not paying attention to what's going on in the world around them. And so that's why it's great when you have a guest like the Lieutenant Governor of the state of Virginia, Winston Sears, saying, look, this is going on. It's not my fault if you're not paying attention. Bill, you got to read more. <laughs> He's like, well, I guess I, I guess I do. But isn't that pitiful? The other guy was like, well, they're dead naming the murderer. <laughs> and she's like, hey, that woman killed six people. She doesn't get to say, hey, I don't want you calling me this, that, or the other thing. You know? Who who do you think you are, Miss Thang? No, that's that's not the way it works. So God bless Winsome Sears for speaking truth to power. Absolutely, lutely. That was perfect. All right, now we go from that to the musical question: Have you ever heard of a book called "The Purpose Driven Life"? Came out. Well, back in the 90s, a guy named Rick Warren, he's got one of the biggest mega churches in the USA called 
Saddleback Church? Are they still in the Southern Baptist Convention? Let me let me look that up real quick. Because um, I've got uh, audio from a couple of their pastors, as it were. Okay, here we go. It was part of the Southern Baptist Convention from its founding until February 21st, 2023, when the denomination's executive committee voted to disfellowship the church over its appointment of women with the title of pastor. Okay, good. So Southern Baptist Church kicked him out. Now, wait until you hear. A um, husband-wife so-called pastoring team gets a question about gay marriage that's unlike any question I think I've ever heard before and how they handle it, and it's just insane. And that's coming up next. Have you heard AT&T recently lost billions of dollars on Wall Street after their satellite outfit, DirecTV, decided to delete Newsmax? If you want to drop AT&T, if you want to drop any of the big liberal cell phone carriers, I have the perfect solution for you. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. And Patriot Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. I know I'm saving a lot of money since I moved over to Patriot Mobile. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. You know, the great Ronald Reagan once said, inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals, especially in light of what is going on these days with the United States dollar? Here are five profound benefits of investing in precious metals. Number one, as a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. That means precious metals are an asset, commodity, or currency that maintain their value without depreciating over the long haul. And last but not least, number five, 
Precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. So we're honored to join forces with Beverly Hills Precious Metals and its owner, Andrew Sorcini. Andrew has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Andrew Sorcini and his team at Beverly Hills Precious Metals know the gold and silver business inside and out. After many years in the markets and collecting precious metals privately, Andrew opened Beverly Hills Precious Metals in 2010 to bring precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. We found out about Andrew Sorcini and Beverly Hills Precious Metals from General Michael Flynn, and we're sure glad we did. Andrew is a frequent guest on conservative podcasts. Beverly Hills Precious Metals is our gold buyer of choice. To learn more about Andrew and his team, go to bh-pm.com. The BH stands for Beverly Hills. The PM stands for Precious Metals. bh-pm.com. If you can't remember that, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. No matter what search engine you use, it's the first thing that comes up. Make sure you ask about the General Mike Flynn silver coin and let them know Doc Washburn sent you. We're honored to be able to tell you about Beverly Hills Precious Metals in an effort to help you in your attempts to protect your family's finances, wealth, and investments. bh-pm.com or Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Tell them Doc Washburn sent you. Now, I've been talking about how the world's going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. We all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom and pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? What can we do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get all the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop Factory Direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Switch to America.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. A lot of Patriot influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We are done with a woke globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. The website is switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Now, an even more exciting addition is fresh American-raised beef. Raised in the Montana mountains near Yellowstone, this beef is known as Never Ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics, hormones, or even vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to SwitchToAmerica.com. When asked how you heard about us, Click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, 
and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Switch to America.com. All right, so we've got uh, a husband and wife pastoring team here, and that's one of the reasons that the uh, Southern Baptist Convention kicked Saddleback Church out because, see, the Southern Baptist Convention is like, well, you know, the Bible says that one of the things that's required to be a pastor is you got to be a guy. So we're not being sexist here. It's just we're following God's word. And Rick Warren, Saddleback Church, and the whole deal is like, yeah, we don't care. We think God wants us to do this. Oh, oh, I see. So despite the fact that his word says differently, yep, despite that, oh, I see. So Saddleback so-called pastors, um, Andy and Stacy Wood, they have no idea. Well, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. So, and this, Andy Wood is a senior pastor of Saddleback Church now, that Rick Warren, I guess, is the pastor emeritus. This is nuts. This this right here. Talk about heresy. I saw one on divorce. Can I take that one? Um, okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. It says, um, this is from Erica. It says, I have gay friends who came to Jesus after they were married and adopted children. God hates divorce. How would you approach this situation? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really hard. Yeah. I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a black and white answer. And I think I would sit with them in it. Mm. And I would pray with them. And I would try to wrestle through that decision and I think it's such a life um, it is such a massive massive decision that I would probably say read the Bible ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and um, I will journey with you with it with it in it and as you journey through it with them I would have an ongoing conversation mm. to ask them how the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding them. I think it's how I would handle it. Because I don't, I don't know. Wow. That's heresy. That's, uh, that's easy. It's an easy answer. But I guess when you openly adopt a doctrine in clear, plain, direct disobedience to Scripture on one thing makes it easy to do it on other things. Here's what God's Word says, Matthew chapter 19. Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? He answered, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife? and the two shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So this guy who is the senior pastor of the church that Rick Warren started over 40 years ago, 
is pretending that two men can be married in direct violation of everything that God's word says about marriage. He's pretending he doesn't know what these two mythical guys who say that now they're Christians but they're still you know, having sex with each other should do. He, he's pretending he has no idea. Boy, that's a tough one. God hates divorce. Well, it's not divorce if God doesn't recognize the marriage in the first place. And he knows that. But some people like to be politically correct. Rather be politically correct than scripturally correct. And that's exactly what we're looking at here. And yet they claim to be a Baptist church. They were Southern Baptists until February of this year. Can you believe this? I find it to be remarkable. Just absolutely remarkable. Like I said, um, we've we got a lot of stuff that you haven't heard about yet. And again, we're just scratching the surface. Let's let's grab some more. Victor Davis Hansen, Elizabeth Stauffer did the article April 6th over Powerline blog. She says, Victor Davis Hansen joined Fox News' Tucker Carlson on Tuesday night to react to New York County District Attorney Alvin Bragg's indictment of former President Trump. Hansen characterized it as the worst example of third world election tampering and said, we're in the middle of a revolution that we don't even know we're in. Now, if you want more details, I would recommend that you take a listen to episode 368, the last one I did, where I shared his whole article from American Greatness about the parallels between what we're going through and the French Revolution of the late 1700s. I mean, it's deep, y'all. It's deep. Elizabeth Stauffer, also over at Powerline, three days after Hunter Biden joined Burisma board, VP Biden pushed for fracking in Ukraine. Well, I thought thought all the environmental wackos were against fracking. It's, uh, It's just nuts, yo. It's... Absolutely outrageous. Joel Pollack over at Breitbart has the article, Revelation of FBI Informants Shakes Proud Boys January 6th Trial. Heard about this? Revelations of the sheer number of FBI informants involved in the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot have shaken a trial of members of the Proud Boys in Washington, D.C., as one FBI informant had infiltrated the defense team. As Julie Kelly, who's covered the January 6th trials extensively, reports over at American Greatness, there are at least 10 informants now known to have been involved in the Proud Boys, more than twice the five defendants who are on trial. 
One shocking revelation last week was that one FBI informant, Jen Lowe, a member of Latinos for Trump, had been in close contact with the defendants and their legal team throughout the trial, potentially compromising their constitutional rights. Oh, yeah, I'd say it's more than potential. If the government had spied on discussions among the defendants and their lawyers by using an informant, that would violate the attorney-client privilege and the Sixth Amendment. And there's a quote from uh, Byron York here from the Washington Examiner saying, one need not engage in conspiracy theories to seek information about the role of informants in various criminal cases. Also, informants infiltrating defense teams raises serious justice issues, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Sure does. Now, I can't imagine that a D.C. judge would have a problem with it. But, you know, in in a sane world, yeah, that would be... uh, That would be an issue in a sane world. Oh, my goodness. Professor at Wayne State University calls for the murder of those who express opinions he disagrees with. Hear about this one? Yeah, this is over at the Young American Freedoms website, yaf.org. A leftist professor at Wayne State University in Michigan has been suspended with pay after publishing a Facebook post calling for the murder of conservative campus speakers with pay. Don't you wish you could misbehave and get suspended with pay? Man, oh man, oh man. Chad Prather, who ran for the Republican nomination for governor of Texas recently, so a man after my own heart, Great guy, I'm sure. Says, what are some of the biggest events the media and society have swept under the rug in recent history? Answer from the great Steve Dace, who says, excess death toll of Operation Warp Speed. True motivations of the worst mass shooter in American history, Las Vegas. Amount of illegals pouring over our border each day. And last but not least, 90 years of studies prior to June of 2020 that show masks don't work against respiratory viruses. Yeah, I would say those are some stories that are uh, that are pretty much overlooked, aren't they? Yes, they are. Man, we're just we're just scratching the surface. Let me uh, let me share some more some more audio with you. Bobby Kennedy Jr. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. goes on uh, Megyn Kelly's podcast and explains some stuff to her about about emergency use authorization that she has previously been unaware of, which kind of shocked me because I've been hearing about this for several years. And she's like, yeah, I've really been researching this whole thing, and you know, this is the first I've ever heard of this. Now remember, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has a uh, medical condition which um, affects his voice box and, and makes his voice sound really shaky, but... Other than that, they say he is uh, 
just completely 100% healthy. So anyway, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. with Megyn Kelly. The only Fauci's problem is this. There is a little-known federal law that says you cannot give an emergency use authorization to a vaccine if there is a, a medica- any medication approved for any purpose that is shown effective against the target disease. So if Tony Fauci or anybody had admitted that hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin are effective against COVID, it would have been illegal for them to give the emergency use authorizations to the vaccines, and they could never have gotten them approved. And it would have been, you know, a $200 billion enterprise that would have collapsed. That is fascinating. I mean, I, I have been covering this very closely now for all of the two years. That's the first I've heard that. that I mean, I, in your book. Um, so he would not have gotten emergency use authorization for the vaccine if it, if the medical community had been saying ivermectin works. It is an effective treatment for COVID. Well, the medical community, a lot of it was saying that. I mean, there's 17,000 doctors who've signed a petition and there are, you know, there are so many peer-reviewed publications now that consistently say that, but he had to aggressively crusade against it to kind of drown out those reports by saying it's horse medication, it's, you know, people are taking it and it's dangerous and it's overdosing people and, you know. Well, why did he keep saying it? Why did he, why did he keep saying it after he got his authorization? Well, one, even if you have the emergency use authorization, it's, it, the law appears to say you can't have it anymore if there's a functioning medication. Mm. So, um, you know, that may be why. Mm. Again, I try, I try not to look in his head, but I do. There's a very, very strong incentive for him to kill ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And, you know, there, there are many doctors, including Harvey Reich of Yale, who's one of the leading um, biostatisticians, epidemiologists in the, in the world. Um, Peter McCulloch, who is the most published uh, doctor in the history of the world in his specialty. Um, Peter Corey, um, these doctors who've, who've treated tens of thousands of, uh, of COVID patients successfully, they consistently say, and the science supports this, that half a million Americans did not need to die. So if that's correct, and uh, Tony Fauci is a mass murderer, right? Yeah, sure is. As I've said recently, um, who knows if he will ever be held accountable, you know, on, on in a court on this earth. But he's in his 80s. Nobody lives forever. He will definitely face accountability when he has to stand for God. I think he probably doesn't believe that. But you know what? At that point, it's not going to matter what he believes, is it? Now, the um, Davidson County, Tennessee Sheriff's Office has released a 911 call 
shortly before the mass murderer who killed six people, three adults and three nine-year-olds, the Covenant Christian School in Nashville recently, shortly before that, she had sent a message on Instagram to a friend of hers that, you know, she was getting ready to uh, do some bad stuff and commit suicide and wasn't going to be around, but you'd probably be hearing about me on the news. So her friend right away called the suicide hotline, which told her to call the sheriff's office. And from everything, in my investigation of this, she's on hold for eight minutes with 911 trying to get through. And she finally gets through, and what we hear and and how the 911 operator handles it is alarming. March 27, 2023, 10, 21, and 04 seconds. Hello. Hello. Um, I'm I'm so sorry. I've been on hold for so long. I was calling. I received a very very weird message from a friend on Instagram. I think it's like a suicide thing. I called the suicide hotline and they told me to call the sheriff's department. The sheriff's department told me to call you guys. So I'm just trying to see can anybody. I just don't want it on my conscience. If somebody can go check on her. The only thing I have is her Instagram. I went to school with her in middle school, uh, but I don't I don't know no friends, no numbers, or anything like that. You don't know her address? Uh-uh, I don't, I don't have her address. Okay, unfortunately we can't send anything up without an address. Is it, I mean, can I give you her Instagram? Can y'all, like, find her, that, track her that way? I can, I can send an officer to speak with you and see what he can do, but there's nothing much he can do. I can't send up a call on my own if there's no address. Do you know that she's in Davidson County? See, this is bad. So the woman killed six people because standard operating procedure with the 911 um, dispatch, first of all, is I guess they don't have enough people answering the phone, so this woman had to wait eight minutes. By the time she gets on the phone, the shooting's already going on. That's number one. Number two, why can't you look at somebody's Instagram and see if you can figure out where they are? Nope, nope, can't do that. Great. A lot of help you are. Uh I believe I no, I don't know that. I don't I don't know that. I know she's here. I know she's in ten, I know she's in Nashville, but I don't know where the county. Okay, well this is Davidson County. Where you want me to send out an officer to you? Are you in Davidson County? And you can speak with them and see if yeah. you have someone? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in Davidson. I'm in Davidson County, but I don't need. I'm. I'm fine. I don't need nobody. I just was trying to see if y'all could go check on her. No, I understand. But if there's no address, um, I can't really send anything up. Um, but I can What I'm saying is, is I know you're not the one we're concerned about. But we can have an officer come out to speak to you, and you can show him what information you do have, and go from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's fine. 
she's trying to save somebody's life is what she's trying to do. And they're like, yeah, I wish we could help you, but we can't. Nope, I'm unwilling to look at somebody's Instagram page and try to figure out where they are. Nope, no can do. What a shame. Now, we know that, again, from everything I'm reading about this call, the shooting had already commenced. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't look at their policy and see if maybe uh, they could be more helpful. Because, see, it, it wasn't the dispatch operator's fault. She's just following standard operating procedure. I mean, that's that's what's up. Now, I don't know. Do you know the, uh, the British comedian and uh, talk show host, podcaster, Russell Brandt? He was on with Joe Rogan recently, and Joe Rogan was explaining to him how Big Pharma can literally get away with murder. CNN don't even consider that what they're saying is dangerous and harmful. And, and now we're at a point where it's sort of it, that, that their approach to it may have been counterproductive in the most basic medical ways. And they weren't able to have that conversation because of financial imperatives and because they're basically owned. Well, they're a, they're a propaganda network. Yeah. I mean, that's really all they are. They're, they're just a propaganda network. And I used to think they were the news. And I think at one point in time they were the news. And I think somewhere along the line when pharmaceutical drugs companies started spending so much money. I mean, you've seen all those clips brought to you by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper brought to you by Pfizer. There is no way they can be honest. There's no way. If you're you're accepting money from the very people that you now have to hold criminally criminally liable, mm-hmm. and they have been criminally liable. I mean, they, they have the, the highest criminal fines of any companies ever for cr- crimes. Like, like what they've done, lies, lies lies, covering up evidence, and they just pay a fine and go back to work. And that's what's wild about it. If you killed 60,000 people with your company and, you know, your company, whatever your company made, your, your company makes peanut butter, and that peanut butter killed 60,000 people, they'd be like, you got to stop making peanut butter. It's delicious. Yeah, but with the, the drug companies, they're like, oh, your experimental drug where you lied about all the tests killed 60,000 people? Well, we're going to need a small portion of the money that you made as as a fine. Like Viox. I, I forget what the actual numbers were, but it's something along the lines of Viox made somewhere around $12 billion. It killed somewhere between fifty and 60,000 people, and they had to pay somewhere in the range of $5 billion in fines. Now, yes. Don't quote me on the numbers, but it's pretty close to that. Mm. That's wild. Yes. Because that means you are allowed to profit Essentially, a profit seven billion dollars and kill fifty thousand plus people. That's okay, and you can still go to work. See, that's wrong. People should go to jail for that for the rest of their lives, and possibly even uh, you know capital punishment. I believe in capital punishment. Why? Because the Bible says that we're all made in the image of God, and if you take out one of His image bearers, then your life will be dependent. Your life will be. Uh, you know, demanded of you. 
That's why. Now, speaking of which, let me tell you some of the stuff that's going on. Dr. Ryan Cole was actually in North Little Rock for a symposium about COVID and the vaccination and all that kind of stuff a little over a year ago and had a chance to uh, listen to him speak and uh, got a chance to meet him. A bunch of us had lunch and stuff. And he has some alarming things to say about a side effect of the vaccine that you may not have heard about. Um, He's getting, uh, people are are sending him placenta specimens. Have you heard about this? How the vaccine is allegedly affecting the placentas of women who deliver babies? I mean, this is this is some spooky stuff right here. So let's uh, let's listen to Doctor Ryan Cole talk about that on the Doc Washburn show. Now, here's the other sad thing, and I won't. I'm going to grab this from under the desk. This is starting to arrive. These are placentas. These are placentas coming from obstetric colleagues around the country. These placentas are the wrong size for the gestational age. These placentas are calcified. These placentas have spike protein in them. These placentas have antibodies in them. These placentas have induced excess inflammation in them. This particular one is from a nurse, hospital, eight months pregnant, required to get the jab to keep her job very shortly thereafter, unfortunately, intrauterine fetal demise. I know you guys talked to a couple other colleagues that went over that kind of data. Mm-hmm. So certainly the data paints a picture, but more importantly, the... Wait a minute. Very unfortunately, intrauterine fetal demise, that means the baby dies in the womb after mom is forced to get vaccinated. Just so you know. Pathology mechanisms are already identified, and just more studies need to be done from these. So what I encourage is any medical colleague anywhere in the world, find your pathologist, say, here's the list of stains, start ordering them, start looking at these things in the tissue of the deceased, start looking at these in those fetuses that don't make it to full term, start looking at those placentas. Start taking your surgical specimens that are in unusual cases of multiply jabbed individuals with unusual conditions and start looking for what would be causing it. Yeah, they don't want to do that. Instead, they want to lie to you and tell you that uh, ivermectin's bad for you and it's just horse dewormer. Have you ever heard anything from a Terry Bradshaw recently? Remember, he was uh, talking smack on a certain NFL quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, for not getting vaccinated. Remember that? How's that working out now that uh, one of Terry's former teammates got vaccinated and then keeled over, died? And not too good. 
Not too good. By the way, earlier, uh, Winsome Sears, Lieutenant Governor of the state of Georgia, was telling Bill Maher about uh, drag queens straddling little kids. And he's like, yeah, I don't think that's going on. Can't help you don't pay attention, Bill. Uh, Fox News has a story. Drag queen straddles girl at North Carolina public school video shows. It's March 28th. New viral video shows a drag queen straddling a young girl during an LGBTQ pride event at a North Carolina school that enrolls students as young as 14. Video obtained by Libs of TikTok showed multiple adults laughing and watching a drag performer appearing to give a lap dance to a student at Forsyth Technical Community College last Wednesday. The public college has two on-campus high school programs that begin enrollment in the ninth grade. Photos posted by the school's official Instagram account show drag queens posing with young girls. That's weird. I thought they were interested in young boys. Yeah, what? A, I, I can't keep up with it. The school told Libs of TikTok that the event was open to students of all ages. Yeah, so. It's perverse. There's no way around it. It is perverse. So, I want to share some more audio with you. So, on C-SPAN, there was recently an interview with a couple of different jurors from January 6th trials in Washington, D.C. Brian Lamb interviewing a female juror who is kind of like a drama queen. She's, she's all about the drama. I saw people who traveled here from out of state all of them are from out of state, or not from Washington, D.C., and who didn't understand very much about our city, our laws, our government. Um, as far as what, they weren't even from big cities. These were people from living on farms and rural places, most of them, who had, I think, no concept of Washington, D.C. So she looks down on them in her best drama queen voice. Yes, because they are other, so she looks down on the other. And the prosecutors pulled out of him information about his guns. Yes. He said, and you know, you remember this, he said he always carried a forty-five gun, right. and he brought an AR-15 with him, <laughs> but didn't bring it to the Capitol. What was your reaction when you heard that? Oh, my God. This, again, the jury was so divided on this. This man, just as you said, and we saw the gun, the big long gun in, in the courtroom. The FBI brought it so that we could see it. This man, think about it, is planning a trip to Washington to go see the President of the United States. And he's texting back and forth with this woman, Jessica, 
um, is it okay if we, I bring arms? And she's like, let me check. And she says, yeah, sure, bring whatever you want. And this is before he even know that, knew that, I don't think he knew that you can't bring guns to D.C. And I don't think he knew that he was going for some alleged protection of dignitaries detail, which was pretty much BS. And he brings his normal pistol and his long gun on the way, but they happen to spend the night in Winchester, Virginia, at somebody's house who was involved with the Oath Keepers. And then he, I think he found out that you can't bring guns into Washington, D.C., so he left it there. So he leaves the gun at a friend's house way over in Winchester, Virginia, But the FBI confiscates the gun to show it to the people at the trial anyway. And she just thinks that's horrible that the guy owns a gun that he did not take to Washington, D.C. I think she's got some issues myself. Definitely issues with the Constitution. But it, wait, it gets it gets better. It's it's amazing what some of these people believe. Let me just put it to you that way. She clearly believes that she is this person's better. No question about that. Here's a here's another one with the uh, January sixth drama queen juror. How much were you aware that some of the defense lawyers were paid for by the taxpayer? I never knew that until you told me that yesterday. I actually, after the trial was over and we were allowed to talk to the jurors, said, commented to my fellow jurors, um, I can't imagine how much this is costing those defendants because I know, you know, they've been, they were probably indicted a year ago. I said, who could afford this? I had no idea how these people could do it. And then you informed me that, which I don't understand. Why is the government paying for the defense lawyers? I don't Because understand. the defendants say they don't have any money, and therefore the government spends $164 an hour mm. per defense lawyer, and not all of them were paid by the government or the taxpayer. But uh, And you don't know that unless no. you ask them. And I asked them individually. Didn't get to all of them to find out. They're they're quite willing to tell you that it's it's well known among the you know the court system. By the way, this woman Brian Lamb knows her well because she worked for C-SPAN for thirty two years, but she's never heard obviously of the Miranda warning. What you say can and will be used against you if you can't afford a lawyer. One will be appointed to you. She has no idea. She has no idea what that is. Or for C-SPAN for 32 years. Just horrified that if you can't afford a lawyer, one will be appointed to you. No, see, because in her mind, they're bad people. They don't deserve legal representation. That's what we're dealing with here. Just shocked, stunned, amazed that somebody is paying for legal representation of people who can't afford it. The Miranda warning 
goes back to the 60s. She worked for C-SPAN 32 years. She's never heard of it. Has no idea what he's talking about. He's just stunned. And he says, well, you know, it's, it's actually pretty well known in the court system. You'd think it might be well known at C-SPAN, but you would be incorrect. Okay, one more from this glittering jewel of ignorance. What had been your attitude about January the 6th? <sighs> I was horrified. <laughs> A lot of heavy breathing. You notice that? I wonder why. I mean, I, as a citizen of this city, as a citizen of this country, as someone who, you know, worked for C-SPAN for 32 years, that wasn't the main thing, but, you know, I was personally, uh, you know, around the Capitol for a long time. Um, Worked for C-SPAN for 32 years, around the Capitol for a long time, never heard of Miranda warning. It never ceases to amaze me what I find out about these people. It was, I thought it was horrendous. I thought it was just horrible. It was just, it was devastating. Did you, were you on a side? Did you think one side or the other was right or wrong? She's not going to understand that question at all. She has no idea what he's talking about. On January 6th? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing. You know, people to this day... Think that the January 6th thing was not what uh, it's portrayed as being. She has no idea what those words mean. And she's getting ready to show you. Okay. Um, I kind of think it was bad and that the, um, you know, our capital was attacked. Policemen were attacked. People were killed. People were hurt. I, 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 that's the side I'm on. It was a really bad thing. The only people killed. January 6th were Trump supporters. But she doesn't believe that because she doesn't know that. If you ask her who's Ashley Babbitt, she'll probably be like, I don't know. If you ask her a little bit more specificity, well, what kind of people were killed that day? She'll be, well, obviously police officers. Because that's what she was told by the media almost immediately. And she doesn't know that they had to retract all that. She doesn't understand Brian Land's question. What do you mean? What side? It was a bad thing. Police were attacked. People were killed. Got it? Never underestimate the ignorance of liberals. I mean, he's asking good questions and she doesn't even understand a word he's saying. Now, they're, 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 and again, hat tip to Julie Kelly. Thank you for collecting some of this stuff from C-SPAN interviews with uh, January 6th jurors. There's another one. And a juror from uh, one of the uh, the Proud Boys trials and you're not going to believe what this juror admits because it's 
very odd. Such a thing should never happen in an American trial. And yet it did. Makes you wonder what kind of uh, defense attorney these defendants had. So here you go. Listen to one person who wasn't completely understanding what was happening in the trial. Following everything that that one person had to say. The person, their leader was one of the two people I saw fall asleep during the trial occasionally. And that was their leader. Um, There were strong opinions. Some people did bring some personal values and views into the room, which they shouldn't have. And all I can say is, forever, thank God, there was an attorney who worked in the Justice Department on the jury. How that was allowed, I'll never know. He couldn't believe it. What was the makeup of the jury? uh... So Brian Lamb ignores that bombshell. He's changing the uh, the subject as quickly as he can. You know what? That sounds like actually the same juror. Some people brought their personal feelings into the uh, jury deliberation room, which that should not have been either. That's all she's about is her personal feelings. She doesn't understand anything at all about what happened that day. She thinks that policemen were killed that day. Those are her personal feelings. Yeah, so how in the world was a lawyer who worked for the U.S. Department of Justice allowed to be on the jury? Uh, Brian Land doesn't want to know. He changes the subject immediately when she brings that up. I find that just fascinating, don't you? It's... um, It's crazy time. I'll tell you one thing. The entire judicial system in Washington, D.C. seems to be intent on sending as many Trump supporters to jail as possible. And don't be surprised. Look, I did an episode a couple of episodes ago about how the the charges against Trump in New York City are going to have to be dropped. Don't be surprised if they indict him in Washington, D.C., and they make it stick. They want to send Donald Trump to jail because he had the gall to win an election in 2016. That's why they stole it from him in 2020. By all rights, he should still be in the Oval Office. Absolutely. Now, he's not helping himself when he says things like this. You have to with Chris Ray? But just so you understand, I put Chris Ray in because I wanted to have somebody in there that everybody, including the other side, really wanted. It may not have been the right move. Let's see. Time will tell, okay? But I wanted to have somebody in the FBI because I'm an honorable guy. I'm an honest guy. I may have made a mistake, but I put somebody in that the other side, everybody agreed to. You know who recommended him to me? Chris Christie. Okay? He recommended him. And that's okay. I don't mind that. I've taken Chris Christie's recommendations before. Uh, And other people wanted Christopher Ray. And people from the Maybe it's not a good idea 
to appoint somebody head of the FBI that your mortal enemies want. After everything the FBI has done to not only his supporters, but done to Trump himself, he's still like, well, I don't know. The jury's still out. What? Dude. And he thinks it's a good thing that the Democrats wanted him? I I don't know what I'm dealing with here anymore. And he still thinks it's a good thing to have listened to Chris Christie, who is out there savaging him? No, 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 no. Chris Christie recently went to New Hampshire as if he's thinking about running for president and just savaging Trump. I don't know, man. When they start stabbing you in the back, President Trump, with all due, due respect, when they start stabbing you in the back, um, maybe don't defend the idea of taking their advice anymore. You know? Christopher Ray stabbed you in the back. Chris Christie stabbed you in the back. Yeah. I See, here I was thinking that he would show a little bit of regret over having listened to Chris Christie. Because that's right. Chris Christie is the guy who recommended that Donald Trump nominate Christopher Ray to be FBI director. And Christopher Ray has turned out to be quite the partisan pro-Democrat, anti-Republican, anti-Trump. So maybe it was a mistake? No, it's for sure it was a mistake. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's uh, it's very frustrating. I'll just I'll just put it that way. It's very frustrating. All right, it's time. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. And it's brought to you by Red River Auto. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Have you heard about the... uh, gentleman who was recently convicted of murder in what was clearly an open-and-shut self-defense case out of Austin, Texas, because this is what our Tweet of the Day is about today, the great Jacob Sobek over Human Events, has a picture from that night in Austin. He says, here is Garrett Foster pointing his loaded AK-47 at Daniel Perry in Austin, Texas in 2020. Daniel Perry was just convicted of murder for defending himself. Now, the great Jim Hansen, who's been on my show before, has a tweet about this. Hashtag pardon Daniel Perry. He says, the injustice in Austin must be fixed. The picture Jack Posobiec highlighted clearly shows the AK was employed, which is a deadly threat. He says, I explain why here. So let's hear what he has to say. 
There are a lot of people saying foolish things about the shooting in Austin, Texas a few years back. This picture clearly shows the Antifa BLM terrorist has his weapon employed. That's significant. Here's why. This is Carrie. Not a fan of people running around with long rifles like this, but it's legal. This is employed. That matters. You know why? Bang, bang, you're dead. Bang, bang, you're dead. Bang, bang, dead. Bang, bang, dead. That's about a half a second. That's how much time Daniel Perry had to react in self-defense and save his own life. Pardon Daniel Perry. That's right, brother. So after Tucker Carlson talked about it on his Fox News show Friday night, then the next morning, Saturday morning, Governor Greg Abbott said, hey, we're, we're going to do whatever we can to uh, move to pardon Daniel Perry. So thank you, Tucker. Maybe you got Governor Abbott's attention. People have been very concerned about that. And I know there's some technicality that the uh, Pardon and Paroles Board is supposed to legally have to recommend a pardon before the uh, governor can do it. If that is still in effect, then the governor needs to get a law passed through the legislature and sign it so he can pardon this innocent man. That is today's Tweet of the Day brought to you by Red River Auto. We appreciate Mitch Ward and the crew. You've been listening to episode 369 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us, contact at docwashburnshow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempio X, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. Brown, that's the way it is. Monday, April 10th, 2023.